there. Thank you for tuning in to the Retire Ready Podcast. My name is Renee Collins and I am the founder. I created the organization to educate and empower Generation X and Y and small business owners to take charge of their money, to save more, invest smart, build wealth, and so they can, of course, retire ready. Today's episode is on when is enough enough, how our stuff defines us and possibly keep us poor. Hello, Renee here. Welcome to the Retire Ready To podcast, a podcast dedicated to empowering and educating Generation X to take control of their finances, kick debt in the teeth, reduce taxes, and build wealth so they can retire ready too. Today's podcast is inspired by a conversation I had with a young woman who asked me, how could she save money while maintaining her quality of life. She revealed her quality of life included $1,000 purses and $300 shoes. She stated her mother told her that she had worked hard and so she deserved to have nice things. Now, full disclosure, I don't know this young lady's financial circumstances, so I don't know if she could truly afford these things. Now, Understand, I don't have a problem with someone purchasing designer clothes and Jimmy Choo shoes as long as you have your priorities in order and you're handling your financial business. My question is, do you have six to nine months expenses in a savings account? Should you lose your job tomorrow? Will you be okay until you're able to locate suitable employment? Do you have credit card debt? Are you contributing enough into your retirement account. Judging from her expression, she wasn't feeling my answer. Now, don't get me wrong. It's nothing wrong with an occasional luxury as long as it's actually affordable. And when I say affordable, I mean, you don't have to put it on debt in order to purchase it. We have to be careful with this type of attitude because we don't want this type of attitude to cloud our thinking and prevent us from achieving our financial goals. This type of attitude can keep you running the rat race forever. And most people don't even like their jobs, but they're so indebted to the American dream that they cannot afford to quit. With this type of attitude, you'll always be chasing insatiable desires. As Americans, we are so addicted to stuff. And I think it's because we associate our stuff with security, with happiness, with status. Our stuff says who we are. We live in elite neighborhoods, drive fancy cars. Our children go to the right schools. So in our minds, well, we have arrived. We are successful. But here's the problem. There will always be some shiny object that catches your attention and convinces you that you need it. Corporate America has done a great job of convincing us of our needs. They keep us chasing the hot next thing. And this hot next thing, it will somehow make your life better. They tell us that driving a BMW is better than driving a Camry or perhaps even a Honda Civic. We're constantly upgrading one item for another and not because we need it. 
We purchase bigger houses because the starter home that we purchase, well, uh, that just won't do anymore. And besides, we're making more money. So we want an even bigger house. And then, of course, we have to purchase stuff for the bigger house. And then we determine that this bigger house, well, mm, this is not my forever home. So we have to make one more move. Today, we live in houses that are three times the homes we lived in a few decades ago. We're working hard to buy into the lifestyle. We're buying more stuff that actually ends up in storage facilities. For some reason, we can't bear to separate ourselves from our stuff, even though we don't even see the stuff because we have it in storage. Did you know that the storage industry is a $22 billion industry? And then what's sad is that this cycle, it continues for 30 plus years until we wake up and we wonder, when will enough be enough? Or do we even wake up? In Vicki Robbins' book, Your Money or Your Life, she states, the more is better attitude is a formula for dissatisfaction. If you live for having it all, then what you have is never enough. Consumerism. Consumerism is the American way, born out of the industrial age. The more you buy, the more the economy grows. Consumer spending accounts for 70% of the American economy. Economist Victor Lebeau quoted in the 1950s as saying, our enormously productive economy demands that we make consumption our way of life, that we convert the buying and use of goods into rituals, that we seek our spiritual satisfaction and our ego satisfaction in consumption. We need things consumed, burned up, worn out, replaced, and discarded at an ever-increasing rate. I don't know about you, but I have a big problem with that. And yet, what I find is that this is the American way. The problem with that is that we all pay a penalty. That penalty that we pay is debt, long work hours, a diminished quality of life, not to mention that we're destroying the environment. Advertisers and the media have made this situation worse. We have been so brainwashed to spend and we don't even realize it. Forbes magazine states that most Americans are exposed to around 4,000 to 10,000 ads each day. And it's no wonder Americans struggle to save. How can you save when every message you hear or see tells you to buy, buy, buy? And just think about that for a moment. How true is it? There are ads everywhere. You search for an item on the internet and now the ad for the item pops up on your Facebook feed. It's on Instagram. It's everywhere. You drive to work. You're stuck in traffic. The billboards are no longer stagnant. Now they're digital. So not only are you exposed to just one ad, but you're exposed to multiple. It's inescapable. Ads are everywhere. The message to buy is everywhere. 
And we spend 90,000 hours of our lives working. What do we have to show for our efforts? Is this your American dream? Do you really want to trade your financial stability and your future retirement for material possessions, for stuff? Are we faking normal? I watched a TEDx speaker, Elizabeth White, who's 63 years old, Ivy League educated, and the author of 55 and Faking It. She states that everyone is pretending. She says that there's a lot of pressure to seem like you're doing well. She said that we're maintaining the appearance that everything is okay. And deep down, we know that it really isn't. She she took some business risk herself, didn't quite work out as planned, and she found herself financially fragile. She was woefully underprepared for retirement, wishing that she had saved more. This is becoming a familiar story for too many Generation Xers and Boomers. And it doesn't matter if you're blue collar or Ivy League, the story is the same. Like Elizabeth, many middle-class Americans are not financially ready for retirement. We've been duped. Duped into believing that the American dream is a big home in the burbs, private schools for the kids, European cars in the garage. Society, corporations, the media, they've all defined our American dream. They've basically hijacked our American dream. Many of us are sleepwalking around our financial lives. And we don't even know what our dream was anymore. We're just doing what everyone else is doing. We're trying to keep up with the Joneses rather than focusing on what it is that we really want. I spoke with a colleague who wants to travel the world, but he feels stuck. He feels like he's unable to pursue what he really values, which is freedom. He spent the past 30 years chasing the ideal home in the ideal neighborhood, at least until 2008. And that's when all the stuff started consuming his every resource, including his spirit. I believe that majority of us, we want freedom. We want a life that is unshackled by debt or other people's opinions. We want the ability to do whatever it is that we want to do when we want to do it. But it's not possible when you're merely working to pay someone else. Now, what type of life is that? Have you thought about what freedom is to you? What would your life look like if you did not have to worry about paying bills? What would you do with your time? Think about that for a moment. Now, I'm not some minimalist that thinks that money is the root of all evil. But I do believe that money has to be placed in its proper perspective. It's not to be worshipped, nor is it to be tied to our self-worth. It should not be wrapped up into material possessions that bring us zero happiness. Happiness is an inside job. It all begins and it ends with you. When I turned 50, I began to reflect on my life. I think there's something about turning 50 when you start to look at your life and you think 
that you have more behind you, more good years behind you than you do in front of you. And I guess I shouldn't say good years, but you have more years in general behind you than you do in front of you. But what I wonder is, and ask myself is, am I happy? Am I doing purpose-driven work? Am I making a difference? Maybe this doesn't apply to you, but it definitely applies to me and to many of my friends. We want to make sure that we're doing the things that are making us happy. We want to do the things that bring value, real value into our lives. And what I thought about when I thought about happiness and I thought about the moments that made me the happiest, it really came down to experiences. It came down to time with family, time with friends, all the trips that I'd made to Columbus to see my son, being there for him through his various life transitions, going to college, graduating from college, helping him move into his first apartment where he would become independent. Every year, my family has a Christmas party in some part of the country, and we gather to celebrate the joys and the challenges of the years past. And it's an experience that I cherish more than anything. So when I think about money, I think about money as a tool because that's exactly what it is. It's a tool, a tool that allows us to exchange it for goods and services. Money should work for us rather than us working for it. Our money should be utilized for the things that really matter to us. It should provide financial security for yourself and for your family. Money.com stated that 60% of Americans do not have $500 in savings to pay for an unexpected bill. And the statistics for retirement readiness is not much better. Perhaps it's time for us to truly define our own vision of the American dream rather than allowing marketing experts, corporate America and the media to tell us what they believe the American dream is for us. I think it's time that we take back our financial lives. It's time for a financial revolution. It's time for Americans to focus on what matters most, the very things that we don't have to pay for. Happiness, peace of mind, family, friends. Focus on your values. Focus on the experiences that make you happy. The older I get, the more I realize that I care less and less about stuff. I've had my share of stuff. But now I long for time with family and friends. I long for life experiences that take my breath away, but not necessarily my money. I encourage you to liberate your mind, free your mind from the fallacy that buying stuff is going to make you happy. Define your own American dream. You define your happy place. You live a life free of debt and its related stress. Define what matters to you because enough is enough. Thank you for listening to the Retire Ready Podcast. 
You can find us everywhere you enjoy listening to podcasts. We're also on Facebook, IG, and coming soon to YouTube. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell your friends and be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Until then, remember that the secret to building wealth is there is no secret. Learn to spend less and invest the rest. Now go be great today.